podcast where our mission is to offer thoughtful and inspiring parenting and educational programming. We are committed to producing impactful podcasts that add value to conversations around education, student advocacy, and parental challenges. My name is Heather Moore, and I'm the head of school at Straylitz International Academy in Virginia Beach, and I will be your host. I have over 28 years of experience in independent schools with eight years as a head of school and 20 years serving as an independent school chief financial officer. I also have raised two children, one finishing medical school and one starting law school, and have been married to my wonderful husband for over 31 years. Joining us on today's episode is Dr. Helen Crompton, Executive Director of the Research Institute for Digital Innovation in Learning and Professor of Instructional Technology at ODU. And she is here today to share her wealth of knowledge related to artificial intelligence, chat GPT, and education. Welcome, Dr. Crompton. We're so happy to have you with us today. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for the invite. So there's so much out in the news, social media, everywhere, all you hear about is chat GPT and AI and how it's going to change all of our lives. And really being in education, many times we're kind of resistant to that. Like we're concerned about what is that going to do to, you know, learning and creativity and how our students master concepts and apply them in their everyday life. We're all afraid as teachers that it's going to reduce their knowledge base, uh, reduce their learning because they're just going to become reliant on some sort of technology to do, do the work for them. That's what everyone's afraid of in general, especially educators. I would say that we're probably kind of behind the curve. Most other fields out there probably are utilizing it. You know, it's probably just not as much of a concern to them as it is to an educational institution. So it'll be interesting to hear what you have to say today and how, you know, schools can embrace AI schools, how they can embrace chat GPT and other programs like that. So let's just kick it off before we really get deep into it. And maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your background. Yeah, so I finished school at 16 in the UK and I went into education straight away. And I actually worked with children with severe behavioral problems Oh wow! for a good few years. These were children that got expelled from two to three schools before they ended up at our school. Quite often they were called the unteachables. They were, they were absolutely wonderful students that had really difficult backgrounds already at a young age. Yeah. And I found technology to kind of hook them. Ah. And so that was very exciting. So I kind of dived into technology. That's where my interest came. And I then found, wow, you know, this technology is actually helping them learn. We can use it in many ways as a hook for drawing them in and then to learn. So I did that, went to mainstream schools, then I went into higher education, moving to the US and studied mathematics education, <laughs> who hate technology often. So I kind of mixed that with technology as well. So I got technology education and mathematics education for the PhDs and went into higher ed. And the big change for me was, I'm okay, I'm going into higher ed, but it needs to make a difference to the classroom. Yeah, I can't do writing on paper that's going to go out to academics and not make a difference. Yeah. So that was my passion in going in. I want to find answers for teachers. You know, what are these technologies? What do they do? What do we need to know? And so that is what I do now. So 
So it ties right into being a classroom educator as well. That's it. That's exactly. So, yes, I work with teachers, those wanting to do the PhDs up to that in education technology. That's wonderful. It's It's wonderful. It's a very interesting background. Yes, yes. (laughs) But you stayed in education the whole time. So I think that's amazing. Yeah, very passionate about PhD in mathematics. That's, okay. And the technology, so. Yeah. That's That's impressive. Very, very impressive. Speaking of impressive, I have to just say that when I read your bio, I noticed that it said that you have been recognized for your outstanding contributions. Dr. Crompton has achieved a place on Stanford's esteemed list of the top 2% of scientists in the world. I just think that's amazing. Congratulations for that achievement. Thank you. You should be so proud. In some ways, though, it's not hard because it's like a hobby. Yeah, what I do. So it's kind of well done. You've done well in your hobby. Yeah, (laughs) that's how it feels to you. But to others, mm, I don't know. (laughs) Okay, um, let's just get right into it. How do you envision the integration of AI in education? And what role do you see chat GPT, or, you know, other programs like chat GTP, because I know there's so many out there playing in that context? So I can see it having huge positive effects as well as possibilities for huge negative effects. It's all about how we use it and what we're going to do with it. So you could have the realm of this is a tool that can help us do magical things in education, be (laughs) able to do things that we've never done before. Yeah. And that is the role of technology. We want it not to replace what we've always done. Yeah. But to do something that really helps students learn. Like, you know, we can have them debating on a topic. We can have it um, going back and forth, having these discussions. We can also use ChatGPT, though. We can ignore it as educators and have students using it to find misinformation or to cheat on projects and do the work for them. So it all depends. The, The big crux of this is the educator, Okay. And how we are using these tools, how we are teaching students to use these tools properly. Okay. Um, interesting. I think that's a very valid point. It all depends on that educator and what she's doing or he is doing in their classroom, how they choose to embrace this technology that whether we all like it or not, it is here. Mm-hmm. This um, is here. And whether they can set the parameters and use it in their own classroom, you know, in order to increase learning versus, you know, things yes. that people are afraid might happen because they're using it. Yes. Makes sense. The yeah. concern as well is for those educators that are ignoring it. Yeah. So a lot of technologies I go and present and I'll say, oh, this is a great technology. And I know that some people will take it and use it. And some people will say, no, it's not right. I'm, I'm not at this time. I've got all these technologies I'm focused on, and I'd rather that happen. Yeah. With ChatGPT, it is very different than all those educators that are ignoring it. Students are not ignoring it. Right, exactly. Students are not so ignoring it. So they're going to be using it. And, and it's interesting to me that, you know, I asked you earlier about, do you think that children in elementary school, mm-hmm. elementary age children, do you think that they're using some of this technology out there? And your response was? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> yes. I mean, just think of this thing that answers all sorts of questions. I mean, how many times are we around young students? They're the ones that ask a ton of questions. They do. And this thing will answer those questions. Yeah. 
So obviously they're going to be yes. using it be because using. they're curious. They have curious minds. Yes. So, yes. okay. Um, let's see. In what ways can AI technologies, particularly chat GPT, enhance the learning experience for students? How do you see it enhancing learning? Oh, it's a great tool for critical thinking skills. We can, like I said, have it doing those activities that we couldn't have doing before. Um, ChatGPT is a conversational agent. Okay. So just think about how much learning goes on during conversations where we have those just-in-time learning experiences right. where it'll ask a question and then it'll say, oh, you know, the students will say, oh, what, what about that? What about that? What about that? And it has non-stop energy. It will answer any question at any time. I mean, the student can go on for hours, days, asking questions. And so it can do things really, really well. So I mentioned before about the debates. Mm -hmm. It can do things like have a discussion on a topic, you know, like why do aeroplanes stay in the air? How does that happen? And they can learn so much from those so we can also have teachers saying, okay, I've done this lesson for so long. I really need to add more critical thinking to it. I need to change it in a way that helps students learn. So they can even put a lesson plan that they've designed into oh. ChatGPT and say, okay, critique this lesson plan. I want this lesson plan to be more this, this, this. Right. And it can provide that. Oh, this lesson plan is going to be for this student's who are struggling with this, how can I change it to be more dramatic on learning? You know, what can we do with it? And it can help. So the, the ideas for using it is endless, really. Yeah. We just have to think how to use it. So it's just, it's just the next latest, greatest tool. I think you had also mentioned there's been three major changes yes. or developments in, in education. What yes. were those? So, and this... Sounds very dramatic, but it's not dramatic enough. So okay. for people listening, there are three major changes in education. This isn't just a technology that's just kind of a fad and the next one that's come along. This is major in global what's going to happen. So the first one was the Gutenberg printing press. The fact that those could have prints from every walk of life. It wasn't just for people in a certain religion or in that had money mm -hmm. everybody could have information through books okay print right so that's the first one the second one was of course the internet right home of ubiquitous answers <laughs> <laughs> and then chat gpt is the third one and we're already seeing it's a year in and we're already seeing huge changes and it's interesting that a lot of people don't realize how many changes because these AI systems now are in a lot of different things. All we notice is things are working better. Right. We're, you know, getting better answers to what we're asking. So big game changers. So maybe it would help people to understand. Tell me, what's the difference between Googling something and then using chat GPT to try to get some information? What's the difference between those two things? Yep, so Google actually does have artificial intelligence in the background, just not this particular type, this okay. transformer type AI. So what it does, you go into Google, everyone's Googled, you search for something, 
to answer a question perhaps and it'll give you websites okay and you go into the websites to find your answer right you but still have you to some research ones. yes although i always say that advertisements we get a lot more of those because obviously google get a lot of their revenue from those advertisements so we've seen a lot of that chat gpt the difference is when you ask your question it tells you directly the answer so it doesn't tell you go look in these different places it just literally says here it is okay so an example i i google um i go into google and i'll say okay what is the doppler effect and it will send you to places to find out it if you put that into chat gpt it will specifically go into details on what the doppler effect is now, that's kind of a high-end one. Hopefully, you're going to Google now to find out what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, Google or ChatGPT. We're going to have to change our language, aren't we? <laughs> um, but yes, it goes direct to the answer. Okay. So what do you say to people who are very concerned about that, you know, ChatGPT and all of these um, programs out there like that are going to be used for cheating? What do you say to people that have that big concern? Yes, I say that they are. <laughs> Without they're doubt, already doing that they're already doing it yes they are definitely going to be using it um so it depends on educators and whoever else by changing the assignments so that can't happen but at times you know in life we want a direct answer so right. this is great but in education we want students to go through the process of thinking right and working things out it's like a calculator that's a kind of another example that when we learn like long division, we learn it and then as life goes on, we'd never sit down and say, well, I know how to do long division, so I'm going to work it all out on paper. We use the calculator. Right, you're right. So with ChatGPT, it's going to offload some of those tasks. That, that's what we want it to do, to do things that we know. Like if I want a paragraph on something or if I want a description on something for somebody, yes, you can use it for that. But in education, that learning matters. So we need to adapt assignments so that learning happens. Yeah. And then they can use it later on. Yeah, absolutely. So interesting, two thoughts come to my mind. I heard somebody say recently that when we were having a discussion about AI and programs like ChatGPT, they said, maybe we have to adjust our definition of cheating. That's an interesting concept. That is an interesting. Um, as we move forward in this world of AI, we may have to rethink that a little bit. Um, yes. So that's just one interesting comment. I would also say, because there is so much AI built into so many things, I recently, which I already mentioned to you, but I recently watched a TED talk about something called Khan Amigo, which is Khan Academy's version of AI. And what I thought was so interesting about it, and I do recommend actually parents out there, if you're listening to this, you might want to look into that because it's basically a one-on-one -on -one tutor for a student, which um, they were explaining that instead of being worried that we aren't going to retain the information, we're not going to master the content, we're not going to learn this information ourselves, which as edu educators, that's our job. We want them to master the content. They found through research that actually they, by using a one-on-one -on -one, uh, tutor for students, students who were below average were becoming um, average or above average. Students who were above, who were average were becoming above average um, because 
having this one-on-one tutor is like having your own teacher coaching you through the process of whatever it is you're trying to learn, whether it's something mathematics or, you know, writing, um, grammar, vocab, Mm -hmm. science, who knows what it is, Mm -hmm. but having your own personal one-on-one coach helping to coach you through the process, they found, they actually saw huge improvements, leaps and bounds Mm -hmm. in students' um, level of ability. So that's, very, to me, positive, interesting way that we could look at using um, AI in the future in yes. education. Yes. Um, Just to add on to that then, what's happening, Can Migo, is thinking of the prompts to ask these technologies, the AI. Right. That's what it's doing special. So going back into the basic you know, versions, you know, chat GPT, you could have students, what we need to do is have them asking the best questions, which again is top of blooms, you know, in creating. We also want them to critically think about what do they want to know and have, and it's called prompt engineering. Okay. So it's thinking about how to ask those questions, but it can be difficult, especially for young children. That's yeah. why Can Migo have adapted this, that it knows the type of prompts that, you know, a student could want. So rather than having to think of them, they look and go, yeah, that's what I want. And Ah. we can click and say, yes, I want to ask that. That's interesting. So So they can kind of base it on the age of the student, I would imagine, that they're working with potentially? Yes, and it's learning from the students. Like if they get stuck on something, they might have a question. So it's kind of, ah, do you want to know this? So it's constantly kind of thinking of the prompt. So it's doing an extra step. That's interesting. And so being that we are happen to be an IB school, we're all about having children ask questions. We want them to be engaged. We want them to have agency in their own learning. Mm -hmm. We want them to guide some of their own learning. And as the teacher in the room, we're trying to facilitate that versus, you know, that whole very old-fashioned frontal knowledge, I have the wisdom and I'm going to impart it on you. We've really changed that um, as, as an IB school. And we try to guide our students to find the right answer themselves rather than I know the answer and I'm going to share it with you. So it promotes mm-hmm. the critical thinking and the asking the questions. So even yes. though you're going to be using something like chat GPT, you still have to know what to ask. Yes. Even the goals right at the beginning. Okay. Start of class. This is the objective. This is what I'm supposed to be studying. Yeah. Okay. What do I need to know then? Yeah. Like, let's go from scratch. What do I need to know? And then it'll help with the questions along the way as well. But they have ownership on, okay, this is what I'm learning today. Yeah. Okay, so how about this? What about, how do you know that the information you're getting out of AI, chat, GPT, any of them, how do you know this information is accurate? So you don't. <laughs> that is why it's very important. Digital literacy is a skill that we're all going to have to really, really develop really well in that we could ask it for something and some of that information might be inaccurate it's like um and my husband always reminds me you know when you're following google maps you have to have kind of some idea which way you should be going <laughs> you can't just like if it says drive into this and there's a lake in front of you it's kind of yeah you got to actually use your intelligence to look and critically analyze what it's putting out Okay. To make sure it's correct. Like teachers, when we do write lesson plans or 
if we're asking for a formula on something, we do have to critically look and don't just presume it's telling us accurate things all the time because it doesn't. Okay. Most of the time it does, but it still gets a lot wrong. How do you know if it's wrong? That's the other thing. I mean, you know, I yes. mean, how would you know it's wrong? If, especially if you're a student, I guess, but I don't know. I just wonder, how, do you, how would you know if it was wrong? And then also, let's say you do know. Let's say you, you ask it something intentionally, incorrectly, so that you yeah. can see what the response is. What do you do about that when that happens? Yeah, you, you can ask it. Say, okay. is that right? I don't think it is. Can you please recheck your answer? And you can ask it to do all sorts of things like that. You can never know, though. It's... Like I said, most of the time it's accurate, but you open a textbook and that textbook might be inaccurate at this You're point. Right. It might, because I mean, textbooks aren't fully always vetted, you yeah. know, to make sure You're everything's right. so. That's where we're always critical, critical consumers of knowledge. We just have to get students familiar with that constantly. Okay. Um, I mean, that's an interesting point, but okay, so... There is a place, though, that you can report it if you know that it's giving you something that's wrong. Yes, So that usually, they can work on, yeah, okay. Yes, it, it, in fact, even just saying, are you sure this seems wrong? Oh, okay. It automatically takes it into the system and flags it up. Okay. But you can also, usually there's a button somewhere on there that says, you know, report or correct this. So, because they're always wanting to learn because the algorithm just can keep developing constantly. I do think what's so interesting about it as I'm listening to you is just that it's more like having you're having a conversation with somebody like you and I are right now. You can basically have a conversation with ChatGPT. Um, to me, that's very interesting. I guess that's a huge difference between huge I'm going to Google that mm-hmm. versus whatever the new word's going to be. I don't know. I'm going to ChatGPT that. I don't know. I haven't heard anybody say yes, that, but yes. maybe that's where we're <laughs> headed. But I do like that it's more of a conversation. You know, and you can keep adding to the stream. You know, once you get your first response, you can ask it something else related to what you, you know, what you just asked. Yeah, huge time saver as well. It's so annoying if you had to, okay, you know, remember this bit or this bit, you know, and it's just, yeah, it's so nice. It's like talking to um, a person with a great deal of knowledge, great (laughs) deal of knowledge. And in many ways, going back to your other thing, when you're talking to a person, an expert, how do you know they're always accurate every single time? Yeah, you don't. They're probably you don't. not. You're right. That's that's very true. I mean, we just all assume because somebody claims to be an expert in yes. something that they're not they're not wrong about it. But that's true. What ethical considerations um, should be taken into account when we're implementing AI and ChatGPT and all these great things? What do we yes. need to be thinking about? So there's various ethical considerations. From the big one is Make sure students know that if they're using it, it's not a human because it seems very human-like. Ah. A side note as well for especially young children, I would always model good manners. People forget things like this, but I would always let students know it's not human, but you want to still be polite. Oh, interesting. Yeah, side note, like Alexa artificial intelligence there was research done on families and what happened was they found that adults were talking to Alexa never using manners you know never saying please thank you and sometimes even shouting students were modeling that then when they interacted with people oh wow so people often forget that but we need to model to students you know I would like this please and 
always showing manners and things as we go along. So I think that's an ethical consideration in the world that we live in, that we want a more friendly, polite world. So the other one is not putting information in there that shouldn't go into there because it goes into a large, very large kind of database, large language model. Right. So that goes into there and it stays and gets mixed in with everything else. So we want to have students and even adults just remembering that not to put things in there that we wouldn't want people to know. Okay. Personal details. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I've heard, I saw something and I don't remember where I saw this. Maybe it was on the news. Who knows where I saw it. But somebody was talking about how um, corporations are getting concerned about chat GPT yeah. because their employees <laughs> are putting all this information yeah, into secrets. it. Secrets. You know, it, yeah, like yes. corporate secrets, but they're trying to like create a, a memo about yes. whatever, who knows what it is. And then they've put this information in there that is their trade secret for yeah. their company. Yeah. So I guess that's certainly an ethical consideration um, in a lot of ways. So, oh, yeah. Yes. Google actually sent an email out to all their staff saying, if you're using ChatGPT, don't put any Google information in there. That's so interesting. They had to remind people, but yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's a very valid point. If, if we're using it to help us write an email or write a memo or write a letter uh, as part of our job, yes. you could easily be putting information out there that maybe you yes. shouldn't be without intentionally doing it, of course, but just... You know, yeah. I don't know where it goes. I don't know how somebody could find it, but I guess they could. Um, yes, maybe it can appear on somebody else's feed coming out. <laughs> but usually it knocks off names. I mean, the algorithm behind it does these things, but we just don't want to do it. So if we want ChatGPT to write a letter to a parent, we wouldn't use names and things, but you could still have a letter. Yeah. Even if it was a kind of a negative letter about someone's behavior, that would be okay putting that out because there'd be no connection back right. to who it is. And yeah. it might actually help another teacher write yeah, that's a letter. True. That's true. What about people who are trying to use it to do evil things, let's mm -hmm. say? Who knows? Something like yes. that. Yes. Finding information. So Google, if you ask Google for a lot of information, it'll give it you. A lot of these generative AI won't know. However, for negative things, these are very, very powerful tools. They can do really magical, wonderful things. Mm -hmm. They can also be used for the very opposite. Yeah. So we have to be very careful. We're in a different time at the moment. I tell people, be very, very careful of everything. Like if you think about these generative AI models, they produce text, audio, images, video. So... We have to be, again, our digital literacy has to be completely ramped up because all the things that we did before to identify if a person was real have yeah. gone. Yeah. They've gone. I mean, banking systems are really going to have to figure a lot of things out. But um, you can talk to a generative AI program for 15 seconds and it has your voice. Oh, wow. And it could mimic your voice. So for That parents, sounds dangerous to me. It, very dangerous. And I, I, I don't want to be kind of scaremongering, but people need to be aware. Things yeah. like the one that's out at the moment that nefarious bad people are using mm -hmm. are things like they're calling somebody and getting them to say, you know, say something for 15 seconds. Then they're calling somebody else, often the parents, 
Oh, wow. Using their voice, saying, oh, I really need my bank details. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm, I need it urgently. It's got to be quick. And mm. so, and they're giving them the bank details mm. because they've got that audio sound. So we have to just be careful. Like emails, we check the email address. You check the phone number on the phone. Yeah. And another telltale sign is it's always absolutely urgent that they've got to do it quick. Right. So it's terrible because our children, you know, might have an emergency. Yeah. But you'd have to do other things to check. Check the phone number. Check where it's coming from. Yeah, so. that makes sense. I mean, I guess you have to make sure that you validate whatever it is before you respond under that's pressure, it. under crisis. That's it. And um, I know that's for older children, but then just like younger videos, we have to be very careful yeah. what we see and what we believe. So we're in a very different world. These are the extremes. Yeah. And they're very kind of interesting, but at the same time, the big telltale sign from this is we need digital literacy. We need to be more aware and critical thinkers ourselves, like, where is this posted? Where is this from? Yeah. And we have to kind of protect ourselves and our families. Well, I mean, there's certainly a lot of great things about it that I think are exciting and can be super exciting, huge time savers, beneficial to education, mm -hmm. both for a student and a teacher, yes. creating lesson plans for teachers, creating different leveled um, assessments for teachers. These are mm -hmm. things that teachers mm -hmm. have, you know, they spend hours doing. Yes, away uh, from the children. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. from that perspective, I can see it as being a very valuable tool. For students, helping, you know, tutoring them, the one-on-one -on -one yes. coaching, I can see yeah. that being very, very valuable. But obviously there are some other things that if we're, if we're not careful could yes. certainly go the wrong direction, I guess. We're just going to know about anything. those things and change them to the positive. It's just knowing yeah. to be then working for the positive. And there are so many amazing things. This is going to revolutionize education. You started the podcast talking about different fields. Yeah. And imagine going for surgery and the surgeon comes out and he has a saw in his hand and said, well, it's a tool. We used it for years. It was great. You know, why should we change? <laughs> it's not acceptable in those fields. Yeah. In medicine, you want them to be using the latest and greatest. You know, I want you to be using AI. I want you to be using all these things to make the best decisions possible and the best treatment. Right. In education, we want the best for students as well. And these tools, I am really excited. 16 years as an educator, I would have loved these programs while I was teaching because you can do super exciting things. Have ChatGPT create a game, um, a play to cover a topic. If someone's not understanding something, you can ask it to explain it in a simpler way and use that to explain. There's just so many. Oh, I've got, like I said, that lesson plan and I need it to be so much better. You know, help me with this lesson plan. Help me explain to the students this concept that's struggling. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many endless possibilities. At our school, we use a program called Toddle and, um, to do unit planning for our units of inquiry as an IB school. And they have added AI technology mm -hmm. into that program. So our teachers are dipping their toes into that and, and starting to utilize it a little bit. And one of the great pieces of feedback that I've received from them so far is that it's giving them new ideas mm -hmm. for field trips mm -hmm. that, you know, go along with 
that unit of inquiry, something that they've probably done over and over for several years. Yes. And now it's giving them some new ideas of different ways to enhance that learning, which that I absolutely love. I think that's really exciting. Yes. How about some fun ways you can use ChatGPT? It's not for work. It's not for school. What can you do to okay, just for fun? things. And so I always have trouble with thinking how to say happy birthday to somebody you know you have to write things on social networks i can spend hours and it'll be like two sentences long by the end of it (laughs) it can help with things like that and it's not bypassing it's things like i'll say to chat gpt okay my friend it's about to turn 60 she loves drinking wine and loves horses write a quick poem for her you know that i can give for a birthday or write a comment that i can put on facebook you can use oh, it for that's that. Cute. So it's kind of cute. And these things take time to think about, especially yeah. for me. But you can also do it things like what um, at the start of the year, we're all thinking about diets and healthy eating and things. And so you could say to ChatGPT, okay, write me a meal plan for the week. Write my dinners for the week, perhaps make it shorter and give me the um, shopping list to go with all those meals Okay, write me a set of meals. I don't like garlic and I want to include more fiber. Give me a set of meals for that. Again, shopping list. Give me the instructions how to make it. That's great. Another time saver, really. Huge time savers. (laughs) Or um, I have people coming around for a party, a dinner party. Give me some ideas of conversation starters, games, whatever. Like children's parties, children's parties, it is so good. You could say, okay, I want party games for this age range, for this, um, you know, what what they like. You can give details. And again, you can give details. That's okay. Just don't put names and addresses. (laughs) But you can put all these details in and it can provide a ton of games, some real fun ones. That's a great idea. Also, this kind of the same concept as the teachers getting, you know, new field trip ideas. Exactly. You could get some new birthday party ideas. That's a wonderful use yes. for it, actually, because you probably feel like you do the same thing over and over again in, in those areas as yeah. well. Yeah, and you can even say, think of something very different that people don't use. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I, I want it. it on this theme. Give me all the things on unicorns or whatever you know, <laughs> theme. I love it. All right. Well, I really thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your expertise. Um, We are truly entering some new territory, uncharted territory in in the field of education and AI and basically the world in AI, really. Yes. Um, Yes. It'll be very interesting um, to see what happens in the next several years. Again, I, I thank you for joining us today. I thank all of our listeners for taking the time to join us. Please give us feedback on our podcast. And if you have found value in today's episode, we hope that you'll subscribe, you'll share, or you'll follow us. Um, You can also visit our website at www.straylitzinternationalacademy.org for more information about this episode, as well as some resources and tips from today's episode. And please remember, it takes a whole community to build a strong foundation for our children to grow and develop. On behalf of SIA, thank you for joining us today, and I thank you for your partnership.